0: Blessings one and all, and welcome to the Mystic Fire. I'm Paul James Caden, and in today's message, I would like to talk to you about false Christs, the time of great tribulation, and the last days. I think this is a very important subject to talk about right now, because there is a lot going on in our world that has people very confused, very frightened, very divided, And many don't know where to turn. And in the midst of all of this confusion and frightening events that are taking place, we have a lot of voices rising up claiming to be teachers and modern-day prophets, telling people that they have the answer, or they know the way to Christ, or They know the truth about Christ and what they've been taught in the past was wrong or false. And many people follow these teachers and self-proclaimed modern-day prophets. We also have a very divided political system. Here in the United States, we have politicians who out and out tell untruths or they will make a statement. And when they're called out on that statement, they'll say, well, I never said that, but yet it's on tape and it's on record that these things were said. And it's amazing to me how there will pe- there will be people that will stand up and say, he never did say that there's something wrong with you saying that this particular politician made that statement he never said it when he did now folks this is not a podcast about politics this is a podcast at least what we're talking about right now is the heart and the soul of human beings and when we see men and women in politics who can be that blatantly dishonest and then trick other people into thinking that they're being honest and never made these statements, then what kind of world are we living in? And is this not a concerning mindset to have? Not to mention the spiritual state a person must be in to self-delude, for lack of a better term, in that manner. And I think a lot of the problem is right now in our world is that we have gotten so far away from God, so far away from Christ, so far away from the original teachings of Christ and the Church and Christianity, that some people either don't believe it anymore or they don't know what to believe because there's so many different teachings and preachings going on around them. And people are looking for any port in the storm. They're confused, they're afraid, they're angry, they're frustrated. And so some will choose to follow a political movement, and some will choose to follow new religious movements. And I feel that they're afraid to pull themselves away from these things because these politicians, these new teachers and self-proclaimed prophets have become the rock and the foundation of a lot of people. But sadly, that puts these individuals in a very precarious position. And many can't see, even though they claim to be believers, that what they're doing is actually the fulfillment of prophecy or the fulfillment of the prophetic words of Christ. Now, this is a big subject to try to tackle in 30 minutes or under. So I thought the best way to do this to give us some idea of what I'm trying to convey in this message is just to read from Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 3, down to probably about the 44th verse. And then just stop and make commentary as necessary. Because we really can see a lot of what's being talked about in these verses happening on the world stage right now. Now, I've said it in this podcast. I've said it in my other podcast. None of us knows exactly when the last day is going to be. Sometimes the world gets into great upheaval, but then it will recede and go back to a relative time of peace. But one day, as written in the Scriptures and spoken by Christ and many of the prophets, one day that upheaval will reach its peak And it will not recede, it will spill over into what we call the last days. Now we have to remain watchful, but we shouldn't be fearful. And we should also realize that none of us have all of the answers. The ancients taught that many of the last day prophecies We would not even recognize until they were being fulfilled right in front of us. And then we would know. Because many of them do have an element of mystery around them. Now they taught that there were signs that we could look for. There were things that we could definitely identify. But then there were other things that we would just have to be watchful and discerning about. And I also want to make it very clear in this message that I don't have all the answers. No one does. And anyone who tells you that they do, that they have some secret information or visitation from Christ, telling them exactly how events are going to play out on the world stage and telling you, You must listen to me. You must follow me. I am the way and the truth and the life. Well, that person is deceiving you. And that's very difficult to hear. But it is the truth. I myself, you may have heard me say it on this podcast or maybe on my other show, The Spirit Side, I have come out of an evangelical fundamentalist background. And it was one of the most difficult things I ever did. I had to let go of the teachings and the doctrines and the teachers and everything and everybody that I relied on as my rock, as my, my voice of reason. It was a very difficult and anxiety-inspiring thing to go through. But in doing that, even though I was afraid, even though I was anxious, even though I was confused and angry and literally having anxiety attacks, it was one of the best decisions I ever made for my life because I wiped the board clean and I discovered ancient Christianity. And I've never had more peace or a greater relationship with God or more love for Christ in my life. It's a faith that has made a tremendous, tremendous difference in my personal life. Has it given me all of the answers? Absolutely not. But it has given me peace and it has given me at least some ability to look at what's happening on the world stage and say, this is something that was foretold. This is something that was talked about by the ancients. And I can take peace and refuge in that, knowing that the fulfilling of these prophecies even though they can look very scary and upset the world that we live in I also have a lot of peace and a lot of joy because it confirms to me that all of this is real all of this is not happening by coincidence it's happening as it was foretold and the ending is far more glorious than the tribulation or the problems that we're going through right now. So again, I understand it's very hard to tear away that band-aid, to tear away from politicians or religious movements that may not actually be true or telling us the truth. It's very scary. It's a very painful process but sometimes in the growth process it can be scary and it can be painful and that is something that years ago i would have 1000% disagreed with but it's something that the ancients always said and by god they were right so let's delve into Matthew 24 starting in verse 3 and read through this and pause and make commentary where necessary to bring some clarity to fine-tune the picture of what's happening in our world right now and what could happen or it could happen now with the way events are unraveling or it could happen in the far distant future. But again, we must be watchful and discerning and not be fearful. So Matthew 24, beginning in verse 3. Now, as he he sat on the Mount of Olives, this is talking about Jesus, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? You know, I really feel compelled to stop right there and point something out that's very, very important for the time that we're living in. And that is how this question was framed by the disciples. For they said, what will the sign, or rather, let's uh, skip up a bit. They said, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming? That's a tremendously important part of the question because the apostles and the men that they taught and then the men that they taught, those whom we call the ancient fathers or fathers of the church, believed from the inception of Christianity that Christ would return from the heavens bodily, that the heavens would open, and Christ would return. They weren't looking for some obscure, mysterious, mystical, cosmic Christ that would just be born in our consciousness and enlighten us in the midst of darkness. We have a lot of these Kind of New Age and Gnostic ideas that many are teaching today. But they are absolutely contrary to the belief, to the faith, to the teachings of the ancient church from its inception. They were looking for the bodily return of the person Jesus, the Christ. And if one wants to do some honest research and look into these things, it's very easy to find out that this is what they believed and this is what they taught. Anything outside of that, they consider to be deception and heresy. So this is one of the things, one of the gems right up front that we see in this passage. when will, or what will the signs of your coming be? Not the cosmic Christ, not the Gnostic Christ that would illuminate the minds and souls of men somehow mystically and spiritually, and then they would become Christ. We're seeing a lot of that being taught in the world today, especially with the advent of the Internet. And that's an important message, an important lesson to know. If you are confused about the, what the returning of Christ is or how this event will happen or if you're looking for the return of a different Christ or an invisible Christ or some secret Gnostic Christ, then you're already seeking and looking in the wrong direction. And when that foundational truth becomes obscured about what the return of Christ is and will be, then how easy is it to be misled? And it's fascinating to me that in verse 4, Jesus almost tells us this verbatim because it reads, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And certainly that is something that we're seeing in our world right now, probably like never before. Many people who are coming in the name of Christ are saying they are Christ. Or that Christ is not returning. There is not a physical Christ returning. Christ has already returned and is within them. They are Christ. And if you follow them, they'll show you how to be Christ. And therefore, they deceive many. Verse 6 And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences or plagues, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So again, we certainly have nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, earthquakes in various places, destructive weather patterns, global warming, climate change. The earth itself is going through a lot of turmoil right now. But what does Jesus say about all this? He says, see that your heart is not troubled. But a lot of people are troubled over these things. They're afraid or they're demonizing the events themselves. And by doing that, we see many getting into these conspiracy cults where nothing is off-limits, everything has been infiltrated, everything is a lie, everything is a deception. And many of these conspiracy cults even teach that the early Christian fathers were infiltrated and taught us a false gospel. But now in the modern day, only the we or only they have the truth Of what the true gospel is, what it means, and what Christ meant. And again, this almost becomes full circle where we see the deception. And what a heinous trick to play on people. Everything you know is a lie, even your faith, even your ancient faith. And only I have the answers that you seek in such a time as this if that is not diabolical or satanic, then I don't know what would be. Picking it up in verse 9, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another we're certainly seeing a lot of that in our world right now, even among people who claim to be believers. Everyone so easily offended, betraying one another and hating one another. And here we have again that message in verse 11. Then many false prophets will will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will, will grow cold. So again, we're certainly seeing these false self-proclaimed prophets and teachers deceiving many. We're seeing lawlessness in the believer and the non-believer. Hatred and deception runs rampant and the love of many has grown cold. Sometimes you hear people ask the question, does anybody even know what love is anymore? And that's a fair question to ask in the face of the way many of us are behaving in the world right now. Picking up in verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the in all the world as a witness to to all the nations, and then the end will come. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let, who, let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as has not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time no nor ever shall be and unless those days were shortened no flesh would be saved but for the elect's sake those days will be shortened then if any one says to you look here is christ or there do not believe it for false christs and false prophets will rise and show Great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Now I'd just like to pause there for a moment and talk about this abomination of desolation spoken of in the book of Daniel. There's always been a great deal of speculation on what this means and not going back to your house to get your coat and fleeing to the desert and the mountains. Now, the ancient fathers believed that this prophecy was twofold. It had to do first with the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem years ago under the rule of Rome. But it will also have a later fulfillment in the time of Antichrist in the last days. But that abomination of desolation is one of the things that even the early fathers had an idea of what it would be. In the time of the destruction of Jerusalem or the temple in Jerusalem, it was the emperor worship. Roman emperors who claimed to be divine and demanded worship from their followers. But in the last days, under the reign of Antichrist, many have said it will be the Antichrist himself sitting in the temple claiming to be God. Some said a rebuilt Jewish temple, others said He will sit in the church claiming to be God or Christ returned. And many others said it could be either of these things, but it's one of those prophecies that we're likely really not to know what it is until we see it. But those who see it will know immediately what it is when it appears on the scene. So getting all Mixed up in these theories on who it is or what it is is really folly and just another way to get our minds in a tailspin and even, you know, have people start to deceive us through claiming they know exactly what it is when they don't because nobody really does. Now, picking this up. In verse 26. Therefore, if they say to you, Look, Christ is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. And see here we have these false prophets and false Christ saying, he's in the desert. And there are groups right now as I record this message, telling people that soon they will have to flee to the desert and be under their tutelage and their rule or be in their group because the great tribulation is coming on the earth and this is the only way to escape and fleeing out to the desert this is where we'll find Christ or this is where we will find Christ within ourselves but Jesus said don't believe such things many will come and say Christ is in the inner rooms and those inner rooms could mean a hidden place, a secret place or the inner rooms within ourselves in our mind the teachings of the cosmic Christ the Christ isn't coming physically or naked eye will not be able to perceive him or see him he's coming in the inner rooms he is in the inner rooms he's within you and all you have to do is discover him but jesus said do not believe it for as the lightning comes from the west and flashes or comes in the east and flashes to the west so also will the coming of the son of man be and now finishing out this message by reading through it's it's very self-explanatory going from verse 29 to verse 44 Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven will be shaken. I I think it's kind of important to pause there because a lot of people are looking for the actual darkening of the sun and the moon and stars falling from heaven. But The ancient fathers interpreted this another way also, that immediately after the tribulation of of those days, the sun, the true church of Christ on the earth will be darkened and the moon, its people, will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven, the stars being the faithful, the people of God many falling away, many being afraid, many giving into these false doctrines. This was actually one of the ways in which the ancient fathers interpreted this verse. And the powers of the heavens will be shaken in the church, the body of Christ. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds. from From one end of heaven to the other. I just want to point out that in those days All the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see with their eyes the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. It's not some invisible, mysterious, cosmic or Gnostic Christ. This is Jesus the Christ, the Son of Man. Verse 32, now learn this parable from the fig tree when its branches has already become tender and puts forth leaves. You know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the door. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation, this generation that sees all of these things, will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So here we put to rest all these modern-day visionaries and self-proclaimed prophets who keep telling us they know what's going to happen. They know when it's going to happen, and we need to follow them. And we need to follow them into their mysterious mental inner rooms or out into the desert. No, they don't know the time or the hour. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as then the, day, the days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also, also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, One will be taken and the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. And there we see the wisdom of the ancient fathers. Watch, therefore, remember we said, be watchful and discerning. For you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this. That if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And again, notice he's not saying the Christ or the Gnostic Christ or some mysterious Christ. He's saying, the Son of Man, referring to himself, Jesus, the Christ. So we've certainly covered a lot in this message today, and there's a lot more that we could have paused and reflected on reading through those verses. But I truly wanted to, in this message, get those important parts across. Because whether this is the prelude to the end or whether it is not, There is great confusion over the minds of many, and we need to begin to push through those clouds of confusion and get back to real and honest and pure truth. I do hope this message was helpful to you today. I thank you so much for listening. Until we meet again, stay safe, stay blessed, and keep seeking the truth. I'm Paul James Caden, and I'll see you here next time on The Mystic Fire.